the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. We're all about delivering great content, thoughtful discussions, and tips and tricks to help you truly get the most out of your life and business. And here's your charismatic host, me, Matt Browning. Hey, it's Matt Browning. Welcome back to another episode of the pod. Today is a Teaching Tuesday, and I got something on my mind. And I want to share with all you about a new, well, not really new, I guess it's an old way to market that I think sometimes gets forgotten. In the world right now, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of interruption marketing. There's a lot of you know Facebook ads and social media and branding, and there's so much stuff we're supposed to do to get our product out, to get our service out, to be known, to increase viewership, to sell more memberships. I was reminded today, though, or this week, that one of the, one of the things that we forget sometimes, and I'm not saying we don't do it, right? You might do this, but it's easy to forget that the number one marketing strategy is quality. Simply having a quality product or service. I went with my wife to the mall last week and she she was there shopping. She found something and she came back home and she said, hey honey, you should check out American Eagle Outfitter. And I was like, American Eagle Outfitter? Like I remember them from like the 90s or something. I don't know. I hadn't been in one in, in a long time. I thought it was really outdated. And, well, you might think so. You might not. I don't know but I liked it. She said, check out American Eagle Outfitter. I saw these pants that I think would really, really work for you. So I was looking for new jeans and she said, there's a special material and all this stuff. And I was like, all right, I'll check it out. So I, I, we went back to the mall together and it was actually on her birthday. So one of the things we did for her birthday was ran around the mall and, and, you know, picked out things she liked. Um, I was willing to return things for her that she didn't like. So, you know, trying to take that burden for my wife, she can lay it down at my feet and, and I can pick it up. And we went around and one of the places, you know, we stopped at was American Eagle Outfitter. Well, I walked in, I tried a few things and I thought this is amazing. I ended up buying three pairs of jeans and a shirt because they had buy one item, get one 50% off. So I had to get the fourth item. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I couldn't afford not to buy it at that point. You know, I, I think I saved more. Actually, I still spent more money, but I saved a lot of money. So it was worth the fourth item. Point being, as I walked or as I got home, I was, I, I looked at my closet and I looked at my new jeans sitting there and it struck me. American Eagle Outfitter, they didn't spend any money on marketing. I didn't see a Facebook ad. I didn't see a billboard. I didn't watch a commercial. I literally, like, they didn't say, hey, come see us. We have these cool jeans with this new technology that stretches, and you're going to love them, and they're comfortable, and they look cool. They didn't do anything. They marketed because they had a quality product. And my wife saw the product and thought it was so good that she wanted to share it, and she told me. So the idea of having someone be a referral for you and your business People aren't going to refer just because you ask them to or if you ask them with the right strategy. So forget all these ideas about how to have just the right strategy to get referral business. Referral business is dead. Quality business is the new referral business. Ooh, write that down. Quality business, quality products, quality experience is the new referral marketing. So if you want someone to refer, just make an amazing product or service. So that's what got me thinking. So I have three steps or three keys, three secrets, three tips, whatever it is for you about how you can market through quality. So number one, first item to look at, what is the, is your experience, your service or your product, is it truly quality? Like how do people experience you? 
So when I walked into American Eagle Outfitters, and by the way, they're not sponsoring this show, not yet at least. If you're listening, American Eagle uh, Executive Board, you should because I really like you and I'm going to start buying more of your stuff. Anyways, <laughs> teasing, but in all, I am serious. You should definitely sponsor. Um, the product was good. It was quality. Um, I liked the pants. They fit well. They were cut well. They were at a decent price. They had a good sale. But most importantly, I, like, I've paid three times that price for a pair of jeans. The last pair of jeans I bought, actually, was three times the price as American Eagle had theirs. It wasn't the price that sold me. That justified it, but it was the quality. I just knew that these were comfortable jeans. I felt like what someone did for the first time, instead of just saying, oh, what does the research say? What do people want? You know, like, oh, they want a cool-looking jean. I felt like someone like on the research team straight up took a pair of jeans and made them and then did something weird. I feel like they wore them, and they tried them out, and they sat around the house, and they were like, these are really comfortable. And they look cool. And they probably thought to themselves, you know what? I would wear these. I'd buy these. And if you have a product or an experience that literally you could say, hey, you know what? I would buy this. This is so cool. Or I love it. I think in this in the service space, we it's easy to get jaded where, like, you know, I, I run seminars, as many of you know. And I've ran hundreds of multi-day events, thousands of training days. And I've been to countless other people's seminars, speaking or attending. And it's easy to, after years doing it, you know, when I put on my own seminar, it's easy to think, okay, well, like you run through the motions. Or, oh, yeah, here, I'll put in a piece of content here. Oh, people will love that. That'll be great. And you just sort of, it's easy to do a seminar. But to really stop, and I ask myself this question constantly, I say, Matt, would you attend this three-day event? Like, was this three-day event so valuable that, that I would personally sit down and attend this? Would I leave my family for three days to gain this much knowledge or experience or connections? And if I don't say yes, I'm not going to put on the seminar. So you need to be in love with the quality of the experience, the quality of the product so much that you would be a raving fan. So that's key number one. Number two, is your offering what people want or need genuinely? Or is the offering more about what you want to sell or the lifestyle you want to have? Let me explain. There's this this move of, of entrepreneurial lifestyle, uh, freedom lifestyle and all this. And to me, I think that's one of the stupidest things. I hate it. Every time I see it, every time I hear people talk about it, it just gets me. Um, you know, buy this online course creator and you can make online courses and then you can be living in Hawaii or follow me to Costa Rica and you can live there with me and it'll be amazing and, and, and you can do all this from the comfort of your home. And it's like, where in that conversation is the freaking client? <laughs> Where's the customer, right? It's somehow we, we've, and again, I, I know that I'll probably get, uh, get fired up on social media. If you follow me at Matt Browning, you can uh, you can follow this post on Instagram or tweet me at Matt Browning. Facebook me. Let me know that I'm full of it. Let me know that you agree or disagree. But I'm going to take the other side of this. I'm going to take the extreme side where I say quit building a lifestyle-friendly business. And I know there's more to it on the other side, but quit doing that. Quit building a business that's all about you. Quit trying to, to sell a product that's easy to deliver so you don't have to do a bunch of work. What happened to the customer? So my question I ask myself is, is this offering 
what people need or want? Have I, have I developed it in a way that it blesses people and I'm actually giving them what they need in a format they need it or a format that they want it? Now, can it be about you? Well, sure. Like, you know, I'm not going to build any business. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna just going to build something that I hate doing because someone needs it. Does that make sense? Like, that's not what I'm going to do. So you need to take yourself into into a factor. I just feel like lately in the last, you know, I don't know, five, ten years especially, I feel like entrepreneurs um, and small businesses, I, I feel like a lot of us have have gone to the extreme. I think we've put ourselves too self-centered in our own business and made it about, I'm going to build this business and sell these widgets so that I. And what if just for a moment we stopped and said, hey, wh- where's there a need? Where's there a desire? What, wh- what can I do for someone else that is so valuable they would pay me for it? And in fact, we'll do that in such a way that it'll, of course, be valuable. They'll pay us. And then certainly we can build our own lifestyle around having, you know, being an entrepreneur and running this business. But let's just consider the client first instead of second for, you know, some of us, that's a pivot. If you're where I am, this is where I was. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. For a few years, I've shared the story before, but I don't know if I've shared it on the podcast, so I will now. I, I found myself last year, I guess it, yeah, it was last year or the year before... It, it was the start of the year, and I was reassessing and looking at how the year went for me, for the business, for the team, for the clients. And I came face-to-face with a really hard fact that I had taken our signature program called NLP Mastery. And slowly, NLP Mastery began to morph and shift over the years. It wasn't like a, a roundabout. I didn't make, it wasn't a selfish program. I made it for people. I made it to change people's lives. It's a year-long neuro-linguistic programming immersion uh, program. There's two deep dive six-day intensives throughout the year, one for NLP for speaking and one for NLP for personal development and coaching others. And then there's uh, there's training every month and there's home study material and there's a bunch of cool you know support uh, pieces. But a year or two ago, I looked at it and I realized something. I realized that over the course of maybe five years, because of what I wanted in my life, with my family, with my freedom, and so forth, I began to change the program slightly, one thing at a time. And instead of saying, gosh, if someone wants to learn and master neuro-linguistic programming, they want to become a certified life coach, executive coach, NLP practitioner, time dynamics practitioner, if somebody's wanting that in their life, and if that's you, uh, listen up and tell me if this is something that you want. The first question was, how do I create a program that will bless people, that'll, that'll help them to master this content, they'll learn, they'll also grow and be transformed because of it, and they'll be equipped, and they'll be accountable, right? Initially, that was how I approached it. But little by little, I changed. And I started doing things like, and, and it's, it's innocent, right? There's no malice behind this if you do this in your business. I wasn't trying to take advantage or do anything wrong. But again, if I'm super transparent, what I started doing was I started adding things to the program that added quote unquote value. Like I would say, hey, and you're going to get all these recordings of this, this program and this other program I've done. But the reason I added it wasn't actually because they needed that inside of their NLP program. It didn't really make it that much better. Sure, it was better, right? There, there was added value to it. But the reason I did was so that I could say, and now there's another $1,000 valued program, and there's a $500 valued program, and then I give you this other template, and I could add in all these things 
that didn't cost me any time or money to fulfill to you because it was digital and already done. Let me back up though. Putting digital or already finished programs inside of something, hey, that's a great add-on. That's a great value add-on, right? But what's the reason you put those in? Well, I put them in really so I could bump up the value and say, look at how valuable it is. And if I sell it for a certain price, I could justify that price easier because of all the added value. Makes sense? What I wasn't doing is is really looking at it from the from a, I guess from a fresh perspective from a raw perspective and asking, what do they really need? So what I did, so I did that. And the other thing I did is I started stripping away certain things. Like if I used to do, um, I don't know, like say 12 calls with me for an hour, uh, I'm making up the numbers right now because I don't want you to, <laughs> to, to enroll and then go, wait a minute, I thought I got more. But you know, say you gave 12 calls for an hour each over the course of a year. And I would do things like, well, I could do 30 minutes instead of an hour. Or I could have someone else do the calls. Or I could do six instead of 12. I was looking at it in terms of how can I do less time and still charge the same amount of money. Now, I want you to really think, like if you're listening through this with me, I'm trying to be as transparent as possible. I'm not, I'm not framing this in a way that makes me look good or bad. You know, who knows? Um, but I want you to get what I, where I was. When I explain it the way I'm explaining it, it might sound like, gosh, Matt, that's terrible. Like, you're being selfish, you know, you're, you're trying to charge the same, but do less. But here's the truth. What every business coach told me and what every business coach has probably told you is that you need to find ways to leverage yourself, Matt. You got to find ways to extract yourself from the business so you can leverage it and scale. So you need to have other people doing things. You need to find a way to automate, which means put in digital portions of your program instead of live. So I, I was coming from the right place where I was trying to grow and scale, leverage and automate a business that was growing. But the consequence, the consequence was my primary question changed. When I started this business 12 years ago, my primary question was how can I create the best possible experience and product for my clients, for my students? Secondarily was how can I do this in in a lifestyle friendly way? Those are the two questions I would ask, and that's what I'm asking again in this order. They switched, though, a couple of, somewhere over the last few years as I really focused on trying to grow and scale and automate my business. My primary question became, how can I leverage my time and resources best? Secondarily, even tertiarily, is that a word? Tertiarily? But tertiary, or third, <laughs> I love that word. Um, it became... First, how can I, I say I lost track, I'm already like focused on all these cool words. Anyways, first I was focused on how can I leverage the most, then how can I make the best resource or the best product for the consumer. So if you did what I did, flip it around on you. What do people need? What do they want? How do you make a great product, a great service, make that quality and sacrifice? So what I did, some change a year or two ago, I stripped down NLP mastery to its bare core. And I said, okay, what's our outcome here? And I realized our outcome was, was threefold. Number one, I wanted people to learn the concepts and skills and thinking patterns of neuro-linguistic programming. Number two outcome was I wanted people to be transformed by the experience. I wanted them to apply NLP in their lives and grow and become better and add the skill sets into their own lives and patterns. And number three, I wanted people to become proficient practitioners and coaches to use it with other people. So three things. 
So the next step that we asked, and I did this with the whole team at Evolution, we asked, what is the best possible way to get people to have those three outcomes? And what was born is the new rendition of NLP Mastery. And that's why now we do six-day live immersions. Even though I'm in a place in my life where, you know, I, I'm, I'm home in Michigan with my wife Lola, my son Val. I want to be home with them. But at the same time, I can, I can sacrifice for a week for my business and go back out to the hotel and do the training because that's the best way, in my opinion to get this information across and to make it a transformative experience. I, I, I couldn't get around it. For my lifestyle, I would say I should teach NLP on Zoom. I should do it only recorded. I should, you know what I mean? I should have someone else do it. But the truth is, a live immersion just twice a year still is, in my opinion, one of the best ways to, to break through, to transform, and to learn this stuff. So I kept it that way. So we do six-day live immersions. Um, there's a component of, of home study digital material, which I think is important to have. So we put in just what we need and not what we don't. Um, I put it all audio because I know that people listen to audio easier than video. But then I also put some video of just the NLP techniques because I know that it's important to see them. But if the whole thing was on video, people wouldn't watch it as much. You get where I'm going with it? I started thinking through what's the best way to make this a quality experience? Because I know this. Referral marketing is the best marketing. And referral marketing is done through quality. So if when people, when my students and clients go through this NLP Mastery experience, if they can have the best possible experience, if they genuinely, really, truly learn NLP at a high level, if they're transformed by it, and if they can practice and use it at a high level, then the referrals sort themselves out because I'll be the best quality NLP training on the planet. So that's our simple goal, nothing big to be the best possible NLP resource on the planet. So we accomplish that through quality. So I've added in things. I've added in accountability programs. I've added in private coaching. Uh, one of the things we added in is we have an assistant trainer go through on our Facebook private group and do weekly Q&As. They're called What If Wednesdays, and he goes live on Facebook just for the group to answer any questions anyone has at any point throughout the week. So you know, I, I do things like that at my cost because it makes the, the product a higher quality and because it gives people more of what they want, which was more hands-on, more hand-holding after the experience, after the live workshop. They, people wanted more feedback as they're going out and using the techniques and the patterns and, and they're applying it. They wanted feedback uh, on a consistent basis. So we've added that in. So look at your programs, look at your products, look at your offerings, services, and ask yourself, how can I give more of what makes this work? How can I give people more of what they need, what they want? And that's the question to begin answering. All right, and quickly, number three, real simple is, and, and this one might sound, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It might sound trite, perhaps, but don't cut corners and do your best. So number three is do your best all the time. Cutting corners is a faulty outlook. Now, when I say it that way, none of you think, no, 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 Matt, I love to cut corners. Nobody loves to cut corners. And nobody, well, nobody loves people who cut corners. But the truth is, a lot of us do love to cut corners if we think it doesn't sacrifice. So here's what I mean. If, you, if there's like 10 steps and you think that step number nine doesn't really add to the outcome or you could still achieve the same outcome without step nine, 
there's a lot of people in their psychology, they would say, hey, just cut out step nine. Makes sense, right? Like if it's, if it's unneeded, if it's extra, superfluous, if it will, this is going to turn into a vocabulary learning experience on the podcast. Maybe I'll do one of those. I love that word too. I love funny words. I read them in books and I look them up. I'm not that bright. I just, <laughs> I read them in, in spy novels and then, uh, and when I don't know what it is, I look it up. So superfluous, meaning extra or unneeded. If you have a superfluous step, <laughs> I'm such a dork, but if you have that extra step and you don't need it, I want you to reconsider cutting it out. Reconsider and ask yourself, is this still doing my best? Because for me, I think what will happen is you'll get just the attitude you need to take on to truly, genuinely do your very best to do steps one through 10. Even if you could cut the corner and get the same result or close to the same result for less effort, what if you just said, you know what, I'm going to do this the right way. I'm going to do this the complete way. Um, when I look at you know this podcast, I'm trying really, when I first started it, it was exciting. I didn't know exactly how to do it. So I switched things back and forth and I tried different strategies and different syntaxes and whatnot. But now as I record this, this is crazy. Guys, we're on the 75th episode. We together are three quarters of a century old. We are three quarters of the way to our 100th episode. I can't even believe that's possible. But a big reason why it's succeeded and it's continuing to succeed is as I've looked at this, I said, this isn't something I want to cut a corner in. I don't make revenue from the podcast. We're not doing any advertising yet. We're not, I mean, seriously, although I talked about NLP Mastery, and if you have any questions, you can always email, you can Facebook me at Matt Browning, you can find out more. I'd be happy to talk to you about being an NLP training resource. But in all seriousness, when do I, I don't, I'm not selling you stuff, you know? Some people, every episode, they say, come to my masterclass slash webinar about this topic and I'll sell you something. And not that there's anything wrong with that, that's just marketing. But I'm looking at this podcast with the slow burn as the long game of I want to get better and better and better at this until I, well, I don't know if there, there isn't until, I don't know if I'll, I'll reach the pinnacle of, of now mastering this, this realm, but I want to focus on this. I want to do this in a quality way. I think a big future of me and of the company is podcasting, is radio, is television, is, is really reaching a broader audience and getting more concise and clear with our messaging. So I am going at it full steam ahead. I want to be the American Eagle Outfitter, as it were, for you. So when you listen to this, if you haven't shared it lately, please share with someone. You can put, you know, when you see the post on Facebook, share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram. Uh, you can just tell your friends word of mouth. I've sat so many times when I find a podcast I love, I will be sitting with someone and I'm having dinner with a friend. I go, oh my gosh, I love this podcast. And I share some of the podcasts I listen to and they'll go find it on iTunes. They download it, they subscribe and I leave a rating and review, which you should too. That's the best way. Again, if you think this is quality, if you get something out of this, even if it's at a level two, three, or four level, if you get something out of it, leave a rating, leave a review. It really helps the podcast out a ton, um, but preferably five because there's been a couple of one stars randomly here and there. I've only had a few, um, but do me a favor. If you really do think it's five stars, if you have been getting value out of this and you haven't done that yet, please, just for a second before this episode ends, pause it, and all you do is scroll down on your phone if you're on iTunes, if you're on an Apple device. 
and that's the biggest place where I need uh, ratings. There's some places on on Podbean and other spots like that. Yeah, I think there's even Spotify or Stitcher. You can leave a review, but especially on iTunes, it helps a ton. So just go in there real quick, hit the five star, hit write a review, and say something nice about me or about the podcast. I sure appreciate it, and I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this. Um, we are only going bigger and bigger places. I have some really cool interviews coming your way soon. I'm locking down some great interviews in the near future. Uh, we have a couple movie producers. I have uh, some big names coming up as well that I think you're just going to get a ton out of uh, based on some of my interactions as of lately. And you know what? If I'm spiraling up in business and in life, I'm taking you with me. We're on this journey together. I can't wait to look back uh, two, three, four years from now at you know the first year the start of this podcast together and, and how much has come. So the best marketing is quality. Quick recap number one, what's the experience or the product quality when someone enjoys your product or service? A&E made great jeans, American Eagle Outfitter, and I love them. My wife shared them, and now I'm sharing them with you to the thousands in attendance and the millions listening around the world in 75-plus countries. Not millions yet, but we're getting there. I shared American Eagle Outfitters because I like the quality of their product, no other reason. Number two, is your offering what people actually need or want, or is it more about your lifestyle first? Your lifestyle can come, but let it come second after the experience of the consumer. And number three, always do your best. Cutting corners is a faulty outlook. Don't cut corners just because you don't need them. Sometimes you don't realize you need the corner until hindsight kicks in down the road in the future and you look back and go, you know what? That corner was actually more important than I realized at the time. So save yourself the grief. Don't cut corners and just do your best constantly. You never know who's looking. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week. This Friday, we have another great interview coming out. So make sure you subscribe, rate and review, but especially subscribe to the podcast. If you see a purple button on your iTunes, your podcast player, make sure you just hit that again because sometimes it unsubscribes after a period of time. Subscribe will keep on downloading to the device of your choosing. It's always free. Enjoy your week. As usual, get out there and crush it. I'm pulling for you. And if no one told you today, you are good enough. I encourage you. Um, I want you to know that someone is rooting for you and the world needs you. Get out there and do it.